0: where we put music's most troubled
1: productions to tape. I'm Jack Derback. I'm Spencer Faust. We're doing it again. I don't know why. It, well, we didn't think it was that big of a mistake, apparently. we were We underestimated the crimes we committed upon our audience, and we're back for <laughs> round two, baby. There's going to be double the amount of deaths, double the amount of reunions. Half the liability. How have you been, Spencer? It's been a couple months since we've done one of these. To answer your question, how am I doing? Number one, I'm in the middle of a highway. There's road noise everywhere. I I suggest changing
0: your recording location if you're in the middle of a highway. You
1: know what? In this economy,
0: (laughs) who can afford it? The acoustics are wonderful, though.
1: I am diving headfirst into my creativity. I'm trying to explore a breadth of new ideas... So I just can't wait to entertain you five folks again. I can't wait to play some more music for you, Spencer, and have you realize why you don't like me anymore. Already
0: I'm hurting. <laughs> Already, because our next subject is also one of the world's most famous procrastinators of all time and somebody that you don't really listen to all that much, Kanye West. This is, this is foreign water for me, for sure. Uh, and if anything, I don't think you listen to that much hip hop in general,
1: do you? No, I think the closest I've come is loving Denzel Curry's rendition of Bulls on Parade. It's a wonderful cover and he's a great rapper, but
0: yeah, I I thought that this would be an interesting album for us to sort of dive into because... You don't listen to hip-hop, and if there's one way for me to get you to listen, it was to play you a gospel record that Kanye made in five minutes. This is rap, right? This is a good representation? This is the closest representation to perfect music there ever was, of course. They all like heavy-handed lyricism, yes? It kind of depends on who you ask. That's something that I really like about hip-hop in general. There are a lot of different approaches to it. You could have like a mix between being goofy and deadly serious like Eminem. You could have people who don't take themselves too seriously like Outkast. Or you could have Kanye, who
1: just says how awesome he is. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> malignant narcissism is one theme that does seem to carry through every single album, except I'm not so sure on this one. It's not as clear on this one.
0: And it's probably because Kanye went through a huge shift in this approach to making music. One that he has
1: never really done before. I do, in fact, have a favorite Kanye song. Oh, do you? I do. Lift Yourself. Oh my god, really? One of his most, like, controversial shit post releases. I, L- a literal shitpost. I, just, I find the first half of that track, like, actually super catchy. I think it's a phenomenal remix. That's the thing.
0: Lift Yourself is the greatest Kanye West song that he ever fucked up. Because I absolutely love the sample too, and then when he starts pooping, I'm like, what are you doing? It's a song that comes really close to what he used to do, which is take those kind of gospel sounds and repurpose them into something more modern. Kanye is definitely one of the most influential rappers nowadays, and he's covered a lot of bases in terms of musical journeys and in terms of being absolutely fucking crazy. So I'm going to just briefly mention that Kanye West exploded onto the scene in the early 2000s with chipmunk vocals, taking samples and up-pitching them, mostly gospel and R&B, and making them into modernized hits. It's something that he's always been known for, but he's also been known For taking modern trends and twisting them. I mean, I think back when we were in middle school his song Heartless was all over the radio. That was definitely not something wrapped, that was just him making some weird electro pop. Pretty much since 2009 on he has been the guy you go to to see where hip-hop is going next because there's a lot of people that like to copy him. He is also known for being very full of himself and doing crazy crazy things such as stealing microphones from Taylor Swift, saying that slavery is a choice and supporting Trump, you know, things like
1: that. Supporting the current administration 10, 14 years after saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people. (laughs) Exactly. That's another one of those many
0: infamous moments that Kanye West has under his belt. It almost seems like he is fully in belief that he's the greatest of all time, but he also knows what to do to get people to talk about him. So I feel like he's played it up a lot throughout the years. I feel like he's discovered a secret to being successful.
1: It turns out it's not medicating yourself for bipolar disorder.
0: And we're going to talk about that. We're going to start right in 2018 because his bipolar disorder and his work ethic surrounding that I feel contributed a lot to where he ended up nowadays. Back in 2018, he was starting up this huge movement he was going to start up a bunch of recording sessions with a lot of influential people, and these sessions were called the Wyoming Sessions. He went to Wyoming and recorded a bunch of short albums, most of them being under half an hour long, with the likes of Kid Cudi, under the name Kid See Ghosts, Nas, Tiana Taylor, and, of course, one of his own albums, Yay. Uh, all of these were released under the span of a couple of months throughout 2018. Some were considered Good some were considered meh and it was a really scattershot experience and all of this comes up with the fact that he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder around the same time and i feel like when that came to light a lot of things started to make sense to me personally a lot of his moments of grandeur combined with his moments of saying actually the things i'm working on are crap i need to fix them it's not going to come out for another year all that starts to make a lot more sense to me what doesn't make sense to me is after these albums were released in 2018 he came to the conclusion that when he was on his medication he didn't feel like the real him and that in order to make music that people resonated with not only did he need to drop the medication he needed to essentially let his bipolar disorder run his life to be the full Kanye that he was meant to be. Now, Spencer, I don't know your
1: personal take on not taking your medication on diagnosed disorders. Oh, what's my take? Mostly negative, but... (laughs) That idea of I'm not the real me when I'm on my medicine, it it helps to take a step back and think, but is the real me a cool dude (laughs) or... uh... Somebody that
0: a lot of people see as being an asshole most of the time. I understand his point of view, but the fact that he's like, you gotta be an important artist... And because of that, I need to be off my medication, I need to fully dive into the suffering artist mentality. That's just something that I've always thought was bullshit.
1: Yeah, I get the mentality of wanting to avoid it, but I also understand, from first-hand experience, why that's a stupid idea to treat yourself like your own doctor.
0: It's the kind of self-diagnosis, like, almost a refusal to accept somebody who knows a lot better about the medical field than you do, it takes a certain kind of mental gymnastics to go from my medication doesn't make me feel exactly the way I want to. I'm swearing it off completely to be a better artist. And you know what it reminds me a lot of? What's that? Uh, the argument where people in the 60s were like, if I need to make music as good as the Beatles, I need to take drugs. Trust me, I've listened to a lot of 60 music, a lot of music based off drugs. A lot of it's crap. <laughs> That's not what makes a good artist. It usually takes a creative genius or at least somebody with an idea, and the drugs could enhance that, especially if you're in the psychedelic rock scene. I do think he's very gifted, and I think he's done a lot of great things, but it was never because he wasn't on medication. Another thing this reminds me of are Christian scientists who
1: say that you don't need drugs, you need Jesus. The folks who think that you don't need those benzos, no, you need a good pair of running shoes and some fresh air. And that was something
0: that I kind of felt before kanye started to look towards his faith a little bit more as we progress throughout this i feel like that mentality is something that kind of contributed to the fact that he is back with his faith uh specifically one of the albums he wanted to work on during the wyoming sessions was with chance the rapper chance was extremely excited to work with kanye on his very first album Chance the Rapper had made a name for himself using mixtapes that he's released for free. He was the first artist ever to win a Grammy for a mixtape that was released for free, and he was really excited to work on his first album with Kanye. That didn't eventually work out, and Chance the Rapper's debut album would go on to be one of the biggest blunders in music history, but that's a different episode. (laughs) But while they worked together, Kanye really got in touch with Chance the Rapper's faith. Chance the Rapper is known for rapping about how much he loves his wife and how much he believes in God. And that's something that a lot of people found refreshing in this day and age of rappers singing to trap beats about how much they want to fuck you in the eyeballs. Uh, Um, uh, Jack, we're listening to... Are we talking about (laughs) hip hop or Gigi Allen? What? (laughs) But nevertheless, the work that Kanye did with Chance opened up the pearly gates, so to speak. Kanye began uh, listening to his old records inspired by gospel music and, you know, his family's Christianity and eventually kind of became a born-again Christian. You know, if there is one person that was more awesome than he was, it was Jesus Christ. Despite that, he was working on an album called Yandi, which was going to be a follow-up to one of his most uh, noisy and abrasive and sexually explicit records of all time, Yeezus. Yandi was to be released under this guise of like a clear CD case where you can see this purple disc, and it was very reminiscent to Yeezus, an album which got a lot of great critical reception, but was met with some disdain for sounding like it was recorded in a week and being very, very unpolished. Because it was unpolished and it was recorded in a week, but that's beside the point. Despite that, it isn't one that is too similar in terms of production as Yeezus. He's not working with Rick Rubin, known for working with like the BC Boys, Metallica and Slayer. You know, the ultimate executive producer that you could work with in the music industry. That's a real Venn diagram. That's (laughs) (laughs) it's not being recorded in seven days with Daft Punk making half of it. (laughs) It's something that he is trying to modernize. Obviously, he is somebody that loves to try to figure out where hip hop is going and be ahead of the curve. And because of that, he was working with a lot of people he worked with in the past, like Nicki Minaj and Rihanna. Big names, obviously. But also getting in touch with the newer cloud rap scene. Working with rappers such as 6ix9ine, everyone's favorite, and XXXTentacion, who I don't want to talk about because everyone seems to love him now that he's dead. But he was trying to work with that younger, more aggressive scene who were mixing pop music with very vulgar lyricism. It looked to have been an album that he was planning on making his darkest. At the same time where he was trying to find his faith, though. He had a song specifically called New Body, which was specifically a diss track against anyone who has made fun of him and his family, namely the Kardashians, for plastic surgery. And rapping about how, you know, plastic surgery is not this weird thing that only rich people do. You know, they're people who are trying to better themselves. And at the same time, it makes vaginas much more easy to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he can never the, just have an honest song. It's got to go that
1: direction. The duality of man. <laughs>
0: Regardless, Yandi was to be one of his many albums where he kind of scraped it up together. And even though he seemed to have worked on it very quickly, the album was meant to come out in September of 2018 during the season 44 premiere of Saturday Night Live. He was saying, it's going to come out at the end of my performance. I believe this is the same performance where he dressed up like a bottle of liquor Mm -hmm. and waddled around with... Was it 6 9 Yeah. And then ranted to the audience about how much he loves Trump some more. Mm-hmm. And then the album didn't come
1: out. Well, I mean, Jack, <laughs> it was a very safe space to do that. I've always said Saturday Night Live is a nice conservative echo chamber. <laughs> yeah, of course. Needless to say, it didn't come out, but
0: he was saying it's still on the way. It just isn't finished yet. He's still working on it. it. Came to be known that the album was going to be eight tracks long, just as short as his previous material. Mm. And he is somebody who kind of spearheaded the movement of releasing shorter albums. And it seemed like this was a train he was going to continue to ride. But the album never eventually came out. But it didn't come out that year at all. And it kept getting pushed back for months on end. And people were like, where's Yandi? When is it coming out? It almost became like the most important album to have never come out. And it's it was a very similar situation to an album we've talked about previously, like Smile, where... Everyone was expecting it to come out in September of 2018, and then for months on end, we heard nothing. The album just kind of stopped existing. Kanye didn't want to talk about it. At one point, he said, it will be released when it's done, and that was his last word on it. Mm. Next thing you know, the album gets leaked. Oh, no. All over YouTube, and that this is something that's normal. This happens nowadays during the internet. But what was strange about it was that there wasn't really any word as to, like, Kanye saying, like, don't leak my music. The response was Kim Kardashian coming out and saying, no, his next album's called Jesus is King. It's going to be a gospel record. He's not making Yandhi anymore. And it makes me think that he just released Yandi unfinished because he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm done with it, and moved on. And not only were people surprised that he was never going to finish it, but they were even more surprised when they found out that he was... Going full Christian, full gospel, and not going to be making another Kanye West rap record.
1: I I gotta ask, what was the reception of the unfinished thing on YouTube? Positive.
0: And I'm somebody who also listened to the leak myself. It was an album that was very clearly not done. But a lot of people were like, you know, it's unfinished, but I can't wait to see what he does with
1: it. And then a couple days later, it turns out he's not doing anything with it. He loves Jesus now. Mm, That's got to be a weird tease. I mean like on one hand you're glad that you got the thing and and it wasn't on valve time like it didn't just disappear into the ether but uh simultaneously it would suck to get like a preview of something good and then never get the finished product. Exactly. And it's uh, <laughs> I feel like it was I like
0: jinxed it because I mentioned during one of our episodes I believe it was during Smile or like Prince's Black album where I'm like we're never going to get another album like this that is this high profile that just does not get released and like within that time where we recorded that it happened <laughs> to Yandi
1: and i don't think it's ever going to actually come out we are we need to stop and acknowledge it the most influential music podcast that has ever existed we have taken someone's life we have gotten my chemical romance back together <laughs> And we've canceled Yandi. We canceled Yandi. He stopped really paying
0: that much attention to it during 2018 when it missed its initial release date in September. And a lot of people just assumed he was still working on it. In fact, he went to, like, Africa. He wanted to go back to his roots. He was recording in Chicago. He's like, this isn't quite
1: where the African community originates from. I'm going straight to Africa to finish Yandi. It's very Prince. Okay, he's trying to take the gentrification out of the genre. Okay. Exactly. And we just never heard anything about it again until it leaked.
0: Yandi leaked in July of 2019. So about halfway through last year. Mm. So it took a while before it just showed up. And then they said, yeah, no, it's done. We're not going to do anything more with it. So it took a long time for that album to just sort of sit in the minds of people. And I think that's where a lot of build-up came from. You would have all these people sitting there and waiting because Kanye was coming off of albums that he released every month. You know, the idea of him releasing an album in September when he just finished like a whole slew of albums was not out of the question. But then it just never came out. Anyways, it is announced that the album that was going to follow up his critically questioned "Yay." was going to be called Jesus is King. And
1: a lot of people were like, what? (laughs) Hold on. Kanye West is making a Jesus record. I'm picturing the Jaws theme, but played on like a pipe organ.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Played by Daniel Johnson on a chord organ. (laughs) People are like, okay, so he's just going to make like a very religious album. That's fine. Even from his first album, one of his biggest hits at the very beginning of his career was Jesus Walks, where he rapped about... How he was told he could not rap about Jesus, he would not get played
1: on the radio, well, look at him now. As a man who's reassessing his faith, and Kanye decides that he wants to to take this gospel, and he wants to make a more theologically focused album, he wants to make rap God again. Kanye's a man who has referred to himself as a God in the past. For that person to turn around and say, yeah, but I'm going to do one on God, though, Double down, my man. Like I'm not a I'm not a godly person <laughs> in any sense whatsoever. But I don't have the uh, complete lack of self awareness to even make an attempt at it later in life. Like I it, that ship has sailed, and it has especially sailed for a dude who said, "quote I am God," literally, and that's from the very album he's trying to make a sequel to. The, and you could put that in, in in frames of his bipolar disorder of manic highs and his depressive lows. He still doubled down on it countless times. Like he said plenty of time to be like, you know what? I wasn't in a good state of mind when I said that. No, he's, I don't think he's taken that back up until right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a big leap. It reminds me of your typical trope
0: of the guy who has done all of the drugs, slept with all of the women, and he still had God come into his life. He is like the ultimate example of the bad guy who has still redeemed himself through Jesus Christ.
1: It it almost is a little bit too perfect. It's almost like a philosophy based around you can really fuck up as much as you want so long as you sincerely say that you're sorry at the end of it. It's almost like that appeals very strongly to people who have fucked up to a astronomical degree. (laughs) Somebody like Kanye West. This,
0: This is something not new to him. In fact, one of his most cherished songs that he's released recently is called Ultralight Beam, where he thanks God with Chance the Rapper, for his success. And that album eventually was re-released with an additional track called St. Pablo, where he wonders if all of his success brings too much sin, and has he lost God in his life? Mm, I don't know. Inconclusive, who can say? (laughs) (laughs) But what shocked people further was it was announced that Kanye West was not going to curse whatsoever on the
1: album. Oh, he's... I know. Well, which, hang on. He knows... He likes to read the curb. He likes to see what trends are coming. He just saw how well Ninja was doing on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> that You think that's what inspired him? Yeah, you think Ninja I, from Twitch? I think that's also why he didn't include any women on this album. That's not true. <laughs> he's got a full choir of women. Brooke, this may not even go in the episode. I just need to have this discussion out loud. You're aware of Ninja, popular Fortnite streamer, right? I, I am aware of his name. Yeah, he doesn't swear on his stream because he... His audience is massive and full of children. And also, like he plays with fellow streamers all the time. Never has a woman on his stream because he doesn't want any misconception that he's cheating on his wife. Oh my God. It's really fucking weird. I I do respect the
0: fact that he doesn't swear. I feel like that's a that's a good example when you know you have a bunch of children watching
1: you. It's to. a good example for sure. Yeah, it's interesting just because you can go back to very shortly before he got famous and find many clips of him swearing at uh, actually children, swearing at children in games he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think anyways. he's reading the trend. I think he's reading that trend and seeing what works and what doesn't. And kids don't like fuck words. <laughs> I'm not against the idea. I think you can
0: make wonderful music without having to swear. And there are certain bands like Slipknot who could have really used a thesaurus instead of just saying fuck in between every word. Does
1: it matter what Slipknot's saying? Because I can't understand a word (laughs) of it.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you look up their
1: lyrics from like
0: their first two albums, it's like, oh, God, this is awful. This is like middle school, like I'm a
1: tortured soul thing. Hey, hey, I take offense to that. Middle school Spencer was a big fan of surfacing. All right. (laughs) Me too. We've all been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those things where it became more of a realization for the general public that this isn't, like, a gospel influence record. He, like, really means it. Like, this is, he's born again, and you start to hear stories come out that not only is he, you know, a follower of Christ again, and he's wanting to get more in touch in faith, and he's starting up these sunday service choirs where he just goes and he performs for free in africa for like charity and just performs stripped down versions of his songs without cursing and with gospel you also start to hear that he has given up his pornography addiction and he is no longer interested in any sex in that way in any kind he thinks it's vulgar too voyeuristic and he actually has talked to his friends the kardashians friends that premarital sex is a sin and it was a horrible thing that they should have never done and they should stop from now
1: on it's got to be hard to have a porn addiction when your wife is one of the highest grossing porn flicks anyway i mean how do you think they met (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he
0: pretty much came out and said i have a self-diagnosed pornography addiction and it stops here with Christ. I just—he's telling okay. his friends to stop with all of that.
1: How much of this man's life is self-diagnosed? Please, just the—I—I <laughs> I say this as someone who has a show that highlights a lot of times doctors have been wrong. But holy shit, one of the worst personality traits anybody can have is assuming they know more than someone who went to numerous years of schooling on that subject. And it's—it's it's so bizarre to me that he's like. This is my problem.
0: I don't need to take my bipolar medication. I just need to stop going to Pornhub. And then I will be a born-again, clear-minded individual who can make great art.
1: Oh, I'm so angry, and we haven't even gotten to the worst of it yet. (laughs) We haven't even gotten to the worst of it.
0: Uh, No, he starts to rewrite certain tracks from Yandi that people have heard in the leak to have fully religious themes. That... Classic surgery song that I mentioned, New Body. I didn't just bring that up because I wanted to mention how weird it goes from don't judge people because I like to have sex with tight vaginas. Right, we we could make a whole
1: segment of times Kanye's been uh, weird and or hypocritical.
0: Exactly. That song was repurposed, and you've actually heard it since you listened to Jesus is King. Really? And yeah, New Body, it's on there, and it's about... The New Body of Christ. Uh, It's not about plastic surgery anymore. Nicki mm -hmm. Minaj is not on it, singing New Body Who Dis,
1: (laughs) which is a literal line. No no tit jobs in this one. Just Necco wafers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, he pretty much started repurposing those songs and said he was unhappy with how Yandy was going and he was done with it. And he kind of took some scraps. There was another song on there called Chakras that he transformed into another different song on Jesus is King. Uh, And essentially made this album over the course of a couple months. This is
1: such an analog to Prince. It it really it is really from is. flipping from this light and dark, you know, duality and and having this like super dogmatic view of of good and evil in your own music and then turning some of your evil music into good music. And it is it's so uncanny. It's so close. It is so close. In fact, that you actually just predicted
0: what I was going to say. There was a period in time where, when he became born again Christian, he saw his career as an entire sin given to him by the devil not inaccurate but go on (laughs) probably a good judgment call uh he hired his own personal pastor and was telling his pastor that his whole life has been a sin and he was going to stop making music entirely because rapping in general cannot be without sin what's the mindset behind
1: i need my own one-on-one pastor a money and ego. Uh, yeah. That's pretty That's pretty much it. I can't have one that has a, a breadth of experience across numerous different people. I need one that well, is very closed off to me and me alone. Do you want him to like go to church with the peasants? No, he's going to get his own personal in-home pastor. In like, this economy,
0: who has time to go to church? <laughs> <laughs> you know how expensive church can get. I know, right? You know, when you walk in and you have to kneel. Knee surgery is very expensive. Oh, man. But yeah, he, he hired himself a personal pastor, and this pastor pastor actually recommended to him like I, this is something that I actually even though the final project is not something I'm a fan of, he said something that I actually find kind of endearing. He told Kanye, you know, maybe you're not wrong, maybe rap is incredibly sinful, but does it have to be? if everyone's rapping about the devil, why don't you just rap about God? Like is it that hard? And because his pastor said that, it inspired him to make Jesus' is king instead of just stop music altogether. He wanted to make rap music. That was holy, and it was something that was very uncommon, like Chance the Rapper's known for it, and then other than that,
1: nobody really gives a shit about Christian hip-hop. My child, And he's have a, you also— he's a big enough guy to make it happen. Have you also considered that the idea of a private, one-on-one, paid pastor kind of goes against my whole thing? Uh, that's not a question for you, really, more for me. Anyway— <laughs> I know, despite the fact that he has a personal pastor.
0: That is something that I found interesting. You know, he was going to not make music anymore, period, because of his faith. And because his pastor kind of dissuaded him and said, if the music you're hearing is sinful, then be the protagonist in your own story. Make something good. And that's what inspired Jesus is King. As he worked on this album, its release date was revealed to be in October of 2019. Just a little bit over a year since he announced Gandhi, was going to be released. Specifically, it was going to be released October 25th. And it was going to be released at midnight. It was going to be a big premiere. And specifically, it was going to be released at the same time as a concert film. Once again, kind of similar to Prince. Very
1: Prince. Very Prince. Very Prince. A Little bit Beatles. Uh,
0: Exactly. He was going to release it the same time as he's releasing this big concert film in theaters. Is that even a
1: thing anymore? Do people, does that, has, hang on, no, scratch that. Has that ever sold well? Uh, I, I don't think so anymore. If it ever
0: did, it'd be for like The Last Waltz by the band, because that was Martin Scorsese's first film. Other than that, I don't know a single like concert film that was this majorly successful.
1: And just in this day and age, what producer looks at the most like historically failed film type? concert films <laughs> theatrical releases of concert films and been like yeah but it's gonna work with kanye i do think it might
0: be related to the fact that he has been closely associated with beyonce and she's made a name for herself for releasing albums that have movies based off of the music like her music videos are just as acclaimed as her music so i feel like it was something that he was
1: inspired by with her to, to be and Lemonade. clear, you're just talking about the music videos right Beyoncé doesn't have a lineup of films that I missed, right?
0: Her previous albums, Beyoncé and Lemonade, came with full-length... Feature? Not full-length, but they came with movies that had additional s- song segments to make all the songs flow together as if they were one giant music I, video movie. I
1: need I need a direct answer. Are there feature-length Beyoncé films? I don't know if I could say feature-length. I, n- I, I want to say they're at least an hour long. An hour Oh, hold on. I'm I'm on the case. An hour. Check it that rate. If that's your guess, I don't want to know what the actual answer is. It could get worse. Regardless, I think he was inspired by that
0: cuz it was a very artsy concert film. Uh, however, the album was not released on October 25th at midnight like was surprisingly announced. Uh he tweeted that they have to fix a couple mixes. And it will be out as soon as it's done. Four and a half hours later, it is released on the exact same day where he said it was not finished. That's a very quick turnaround. Incredibly quick. It's shockingly quick. It pretty much was immediately announced that it was coming out that day. Didn't come out immediately at midnight. He tweeted, we're almost done. Like like he just needed like a quick extension. And then it was out. (laughs) To support this album and to get a lot of people riled up about his change in faith, Uh, he would hold these Sunday service choir concerts where he would have people come watch him perform his music. But this wasn't the case of the charity events that he was doing in Africa. Uh, When he started doing it here in America, he charged people $1,000. And this was a monthly thing he would do where if you wanted to continue to go to these, you'd have to pay him a monthly subscription of a thousand dollars a month to come to his newfound musical Kanye West church. Oh, hold on.
1: Physical? It's not, con- <sighs> it's not technically a church yet, as of the recording <laughs> no. of this podcast. <laughs> okay, I thought you meant yet in the story. Um, but but th- th- uh, uh, I- at
0: least a thousand people have paid him a thousand dollars a month to go to his sunday service choirs he gets a regular attendance to these concerts and i find that very surprising considering he raps a lot about uh how a rich man has a hard time getting into heaven well he's going to prove them wrong by getting more rich
1: off of faith so that's a million dollars right He made a lot of money that's that's a lot of fucking hang on so it's a thousand people at a thousand dollars a month for how many months it's still going on dude so millions doing it so a million on the monthly yeah yeah
0: and I, I'm just. This is just off the top of my head. It could very well be a lot more than a thousand people paying a thousand dollars a month.
1: I don't. I'm. I'm probably. My being man has pulled a godly grift better than Joel Olstein himself. If you don't think
0: that is called holy reckoning enough, because this is technically a gospel record. This is the first album in history to have every single song on it top the Christian and gospel charts. That and I think to this day it is still at the top of the Christian gospel charts, which makes me wonder how pissed. A lot of your typical Christian music For listeners real? are that Kanye
1: has just usurped <laughs> their throne. It's, it's, it's got to be so fucking infuriating. Like, I don't know what the equivalent here is. It's like if you, you've you been... Can
0: you imagine Katy Perry making a death metal record and then having to hear that Katy Perry is topping
1: the metal charts? What would it be like if you've put your heart and soul into training to be like the best baseball player And then Shaquille O'Neal comes in and just in his first season wins a World Series. And then, like, hang on, I'll be right back. Goes over, wins Wimbledon. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, and talk, it, about, the, it's and talk about the culture shock, too, because you're right. I'm sure most of the community that uh, uh, celebrates the Gospel Top 100s charts probably has some opinions tucked away in their back pocket on Kanye, some, like, leftover residual flavor in their mouth. And to see him just on a on a dime enter their Top 100 charts must have rocked their world.
0: It, it's like a Trojan horse of rap. <laughs>
1: We've got a mole. Someone let him
0: in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, this album completely smashed all sorts of records among, like, Christian music. And, I I mean, honestly, a lot of that is just because it's fucking Kanye West. For sure. Like, I feel like he could have done country. He could have really rode that uh, Old Town Road trend and made a country record and top all the charts. And I wouldn't be surprised by that,
1: but it's just so... And I think it, it does help that this was his first one, too. His first one into this gospel genre. Oh, right. Because had he done this four or five more times and met such uh, controversy and and uh, negative reviews, not to say they've all been negative, but had he had this kind of controversial release three or four more times, I'm sure it wouldn't continue to have the residual you know, listens, right? Exactly. He's somebody who is really good at writing
0: a particular controversy just enough to where it generates enough interest in the album to where the people who want to listen to it will. The people who don't want to listen to it are intrigued by all the news they're hearing. Exactly. But he's not too annoying to where it gets like sickening and people are just like, I'm done with his music. It's always just interesting enough. And I think
1: like to my greater point, no matter what Kanye's latest release would have drawn a massive following, regardless of what genre he slapped it down on, you know, exactly. as to whether the next ones will continue to carry the, you know, success he's had in the past. Now that he's had this, let's just kind of say kind of a bomb release. I don't know if I would consider it a bomb release, but it certainly is his most critically panned. I mean, like not a bomb in a commercial sense, because it got the listens. Oh, right. But I've seen it get the criticism, you know, I've seen it take the heat. From his fan base. I don't think
0: anyone thinks that this is his best album. I think most people are in agreement that this is a weirdly slapped together Christian album that almost this is my opinion coming out. It almost feels like if there was any way for him to salvage the fact that he said slavery was a choice and he supports Donald Trump was to just be a born-again Christian and bathe him and, like, clear himself of that. Like, that was the one controversy where I feel like he really, like, furrowed the brows of a lot of people. I'm sure he did. And I think this this is what makes me think, like, you know, I can believe this is the truth, but this is also probably the best thing he could have done to stop people from, you know— being upset with them. Because how can you be upset with somebody who's just like, I've re-found faith and I'm just making a record based on my faith? You know, if he was rapping about, you know, Donald Trump is a good man, it certainly would still be his worst record ever, but (laughs) it would have a lot less support. Anyways, you mentioned an interesting point that if he does this multiple times, it's something that might not necessarily attract the same amount of listeners. Uh, And that's something that I have to think about because he has announced... This album is getting a sequel. Jesus is King part two is going to be his next album. And he's working with Dr. Dre. And he thanked God because had he not made a Jesus album, he wouldn't get to work with Dr. Dre. So thanks God for that. That is something he actually said. He quite
1: literally pulled a, I want to thank God for this one. (laughs) He he did. He said,
0: all it took for me to work with Dr. Dre, one of my lifetime dreams was to find faith. And he specifically said, just like the last album, this is meant to convert people. He specifically wanted people to listen to Jesus is King and now its sequel
1: and be converted. That he wanted people to find the same faith he did. Well, Jack, I'm pleased to say he definitely won one new born again Christian. <laughs> in my, <laughs> you think you found faith? Oh yeah, listening to this for an hour on my drive home uh, from an out of state trip. Yeah, I was won over. Oh my god! So you've listened to this almost three times? Yes, yeah. I did. In fact, uh, want to see the afterlife. <laughs> Towards the, eye. I was so fucking was sick of this heavy-handed bullshit. I almost thought you were going to say you loved it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I Literally, holy. Could crap. not wait for it to end. This needs to get out at the front. Nobody comes to Blunderphonics to hear a white podcaster in his early twenties and his opinions. On the rap and hip hop scene, I totally understand. I am not immersed in the genre. I have no background in it. My opinions are essentially worthless on it. But to ready myself for this album, I wanted to do my. I wanted to give it my due diligence. So I downloaded uh, probably like Kanye's top ten across any of his albums and listened to those to like just to get myself to lay the baseline and be like, okay, this is what everyone loved. Now let's compare that to this full album and see why I saw it get so much flack on Twitter and all that. Did you? I'm not 100% certain I get it is the thing. So like I can understand if everyone's issue with it is the subject matter because don't get me wrong. If faith is your thing, that's cool, enjoy it. That said, the way it's done in this album is super heavy handed, and I think Kanye West, of all people, is the worst person to do it. <laughs> uh, it, it involves the most abysmal lack of self-awareness.
0: Yeah. because.
1: There is, I get that part of, like, the fundamental of of Christianity is you can apologize and then, bam, clean slate. Um, But I don't really feel like he does enough to apologize. Instead, you're right, he has this just conversion kind of feel to it. I don't know how to put it. It's too much God is good, not God is good and also I'm sorry for being a fucking shithead.
0: That's the thing. It's not apologetic. And that is something that I find very interesting because it's not an album where he says, I have given up my sins, something that he said, you know, like his past music has been a sin. Uh, he doesn't say, like, I'm sorry for the things I've done. He just says, I'm really awesome and I make a shit ton of money and also I believe in God now. Yeah, it's like he's not... That, that's that's how it comes across. <laughs> he's not
1: atoned. And he's just added an extra spice on top of his bullshittery. <laughs> like- and he still has moments where he's like, I've had people who... Talk
0: down on me and criticize me. Well, you can't criticize me now because I believe in Jesus. Like he has very sim. He sings the same kind of songs. It just has a weird coating of like Jesus on top of it. Right. Like it's not apologetic. And there are a lot of things that I think people found blasphemous with this particular record. Him rapping about how much money he makes off of wearing Nike shoes and singing oh you know a rich man has a hard time getting to heaven well i'm rich and i'm going to go to heaven i'm you know god is almost <laughs> as great as i am people people have brought up a lot of issues that it seems like an egomaniac who has taken on faith almost as like a shield more so than like an actual thing. 100%. I don't know if that's what he intended, but that's just how he has usually made music. So I think it's
1: unintentional. I don't think he realizes that he is still making a very egocentric record. Well, when yeah, when you said he is, he was very genuine and that, you know, you think he actually does believe what he's, what he's preaching here quite literally. I believe you. I think he does. Again, because he's such a fucking narcissist and believes he's the expert on so many subjects, (laughs) 100% he sees no issue, no contradiction with um, basically being the same person, but adding the uh, Christly element to it. Anyway, so I get get how the subject matter is heavy-handed, disingenuous, and that's totally a turnoff for me as someone who's new to him. But also as someone new to him, the production value almost seems better this time around. Like the mix and the music actually sounds good. And I say that as someone who wanted to blow his brains out after the fifth gospel choir. <laughs> I can still acknowledge that, like, front to back, it's, it's a pretty fucking well-produced album. It It is
0: one that is very close to my personal favorite of his records, College Dropout and Late Registration. Those were his two early ones where it was very gospel-influenced. And I personally... As somebody who has been a big Kanye West fan, like I genuinely really enjoy his music because it is made by an egomaniac who just also has the talent to back it up in terms of the music field. Not, say, not defending a lot of the stupid stuff he's done, but he's the kind of person who raps I'm the Greatest and I believe him. <laughs> this album's production has received some compliments that it is the most consistent album he's released in years because there was a track record since yeezus so like since like 2011 or whenever that came out where he was releasing music really quickly and unfinished and this is the first album where it kind of felt like it was finished i still kind of listen to it and think yeah this sounds like it's not done and i don't know if that's just because a lot of the songs are very similar and they feel like a very, there's just a lot of it that feels like it was an album that he made almost out of obligation because Yandi didn't come out. I feel like this record took like another year or so and like he really went into it and didn't make another like 20 minute record. Mm. I could really enjoy it actually, but there is a lot of the problems with the actual subject matter kind of being more of a coating of paint than an actuality. It's still very much a egocentric one and it's the first one that feels incredibly disingenuous to me. It's the first time I listen to a Kanye record. And I'm like, this is too heavy handed. This is way too much. And it makes me, it's just not fun to listen to at the end of the day for me personally. Yeah. As somebody who also loves the gospel sound and all of that when he applies it, but when it's kind of at the forefront and his better talents are put in the back, you know, I miss it. He, he's a wonderful producer Not a lot of people know that he started off as a producer and that's like his, what I would consider his best thing. His best quality is having that ear for it. Mm -hmm. So it's surprising that it took him this long to stop rushing things. And it just so happened to be a weird gospel record.
1: I wanted to agree with the samey comment that there is a lot of like overlap in how they all sound. But I just feel like as someone who isn't, deep in the scene i just don't get to make that criticism because that is one of the most common complaints from anybody that is new to anything if anybody tells me my favorite band is blank and i sat down and listened to their entire catalog in one go i guarantee you one of the first things that'd be on the front of my mind is yeah it all just kind of sounds the same though
0: that's fair that's a that's a fair point unless you have a weirdo band like ween (laughs) Where, like, every album, of there, like, one album's about a fish man, and then the next album is about meditating. But,
1: like, yeah, most bands have some sort of similar quality. And a slow progression. And a lot of bands have a slow progression. um Or they take, like, you know, five years off and they come back a completely different band. And then all of those albums sound the same. As somebody who
0: grew up on, like, a lot of rock music and grew up during the 2000s where a lot of the pop rap that was out was very samey, even listening to it, to an, listening to it nowadays. Uh, going back and re-listening to, like, who people consider the best are and things like that, it, it's just one of those things where the more used to the style you are, yeah, the better ear you have for it. And Kanye is somebody I would highly recommend if you want to hear how different hip-hop could be. You could pick a random track off of any of his albums, pair it up with a different album, and it's going to sound very different. He is very good at having a similar style, but adapting it to different sounds. Mm -hmm. And this is just the the one album of his that I just legitimately don't like. I think there are positives in all of his music, even those with its fair share of criticisms. So Spencer, Mm. after listening to this album, do you think you're going to be listening to any more Kanye West?
1: Jack... I haven't developed my nuance for the rap and hip-hop genre, but I think it's fairly safe to say. Some people have a pretty hard line on uh, separating the art from the artist. Other people feel the opposite direction, you know. Oh, I can't patronize this person because I think they're a shithead. I have the privilege of not having developed a nuance in my ear for rap and hip hop, such that I can safely say I am swearing off Kanye West, and it's not really a big <laughs> sacrifice. I'm not losing much. Have, haven't developed my taste for it. Not really missing out on anything.
0: Okay, that's that's fair enough. So no,
1: I think I have, de- I have I uh, have I I have safely assured that I can uh, choose to not listen to him on principle, and also not really feel like I'm missing out on anything. That said, want to make it clear, I am not a qualified opinion on hip hop. My voice on it <laughs> should not occupy any space in your mind whatsoever. <laughs> Please don't tweet at me. It, it, now, is this just because of
0: the fact that going into this album you knew him as a jerk off? Yeah. Or is it also because of this album? It's both. <laughs> it's both. It's both. I, I essentially I essentially ruined Kanye for you. Ah,
1: Kanye ruined Kanye that, for that, me. You've just much. reinforced my previous beliefs.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is an album that I wish. I could have enjoyed because I absolutely adore his hyper-gospel songs that he's released in the past. Ultralight Beam is my personal favorite. And I was really hoping that it wasn't going to be what it became. And unfortunately, it was. To wrap up this discussion, Spencer, I would like to mention that this album also has an accompaniment that I did not refer you to. There was actually another sequel to this album called Jesus is Born, which is literally under the name Sunday Service Choir. Kanye is not a part of it. He just got people together to sing gospel music and he recorded it and released it on Christmas Day of 2019. This album, I haven't really listened to all that much because it's just like a legitimate gospel record that I have no interest in. And that was the album that took over the gospel and Christian charts after Jesus is King. So he just really double dipped in that faith and made a lot more Christian people very confused. (laughs) But anyways, Jesus King part two is coming out and he is going to continue with his Sunday service choir, making a thousand dollars a month off of everyone who wants to accompany him. And, you know, there are a lot of other big name people who respect him and his change in faith who are supporting this. So you have like, of course, fans of many other rappers going towards this. And I feel like we are witnessing the birth of the first popular church where we are taking teleprophet to a whole other extreme. And I'm worried that this man who said that he was swearing off his bipolar medication is going to start saying things like, you should swear off all medication because of God. Like, it's so—we're getting Hmm. very close to that being a thing. And the last thing I want is Kanye West to be the one— Who brings that to the forefront? I don't
1: know, Jack. Like, give me... Like, B.O.B.
0: bringing Flat Earth to the popular mainstream success. Hold on.
1: Now that's... Jack, that's hyperbolic and you know it. Name one celebrity demagogue who has influenced this nation. Name one.
0: Uh, uh... Yeah, that's uh, naming right. Naming one is hard because there's too many names to the list.
1: <laughs> when I open my mouth, I want a dozen to fall out and my I can't form the syllables. I'm afraid it'll be a river. I'm terrified
0: that the next biggest teleprophet in the popular mindset is going to be the same man who once said, eating Asian pussy, all I need is sweet and sour sauce.
1: <laughs> oh, a poet on the ones and twos, Jack Durback, everybody. Jack Anything you want to plug at the end of the episode? Well, Spencer, we have several social media links that you could check out. We have a
0: Facebook page as well as a Twitter account so you can follow everything we're up to. We are in the process of working on our YouTube channel where we would have video form podcasts as well as potentially some music enhanced ones where you actually get to listen to the terrible music that I provide for Spencer. So that way you all get to suffer
1: and I get to enjoy the music. Even highlight reels where you can take little snippets of the show and, and show them to your friends and be like, I know I'm trying to sell you on two 20-something white dudes <laughs> talking about music for like an hour at a time. But look at this three-minute sample. It's good, I promise. If you get sick of us, you could just watch some highlight reels yes.
0: and listen to that instead. We won't blame you. We understand. <laughs>
1: It's taken us three attempts to do the plugs. We get it. We can be, a, we can be <laughs> long-winded sometimes.
0: Uh, other than that, for me personally, you can find me on the website Rate Your Music. I'm a very frequent user there. I love finding a bunch of different music on that website. And I've had a lot of people from that very site recommend me albums to talk about on this very podcast. So if you have any ideas or you just want to see my musical taste, go ahead and look me up. It's The Dissonant Opinion on Rate Your
1: Music. You'll know it because it has a surprise Pikachu as the icon. I also have some games-related content and more on my uh, very sporadically posted YouTube channel. That's Spencer Faust. It's all you're looking for. Faust has an O in it, not an A. I am not a necromancer, nor am I like a sad poet with syphilis. But I'm just finding that out now. <laughs> uh, you can also check out Cockenbull. That is a uh, history podcast that is a similar vibe to this, only I use it as an hour out of my month to harass my brother and raise his blood pressure. I also have Cooperative <laughs> Effort, which is sort of a uh, radio drama comedy, it takes place in outer space, if you can believe it, in the far off future. It's a real everyman show. I think your dad would enjoy it. Show it to him. <laughs> you know what? Show it to your mom, too. We could, we could use some of the support, your grandparents, too. I was on board, but on second thought, no girls allowed. do not want women to listen to it. Not because there's any sexist content, but because I didn't iron out the sexist content, and I'm looking to enhance that for season two.
0: (laughs) You have to be a born-again Christian to listen to the... Cooperative Effort Podcast. Yes,
1: that's actually the angle I'm taking for season two. I've scrapped the script and I'm just using chapters from Leviticus.
0: Yeah, no cursing or anything either. Just torture porn.
1: Anyway, Uh, uh, you guys can check us out on the weekly now. No longer are we semi-weekly. And uh, Jack, what's our episode next week? Our episode next week is going to be on
0: everyone's favorite Brit pop band, Oasis. Mm, The best... (laughs) brother band that ever existed for the british scene if by best i meant brothers who hate each other
1: and want to kill themselves i can't wait to hear some nice juicy brits cannibalize one another all right oh it's gonna be wonderful you're my wonder wall
0: oh we didn't even talk about chick-fil-a